0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Welcome
2: to the Space Hour, a show to highlight the people in the aerospace industry behind the newest technologies used for exploration and national security. Here's your host, Eric White. Hello and welcome to our December edition of the Space Hour. I'm Eric White. This is also our last episode of 2021. It's been a pretty busy month for NASA. Two major projects just got off the ground, literally. The first you may have heard of since it will help us learn how to change the course of any dangerous asteroids heading our way. The double asteroid re... The Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART, launched in late November, but has quite a ways to go to reach the one it's looking to make contact with. To learn more about the program, I spoke with Harrison Agruza, who is a member of the DART investigation team and Dynamics Working Group.
1: The DART mission stands for the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, and uh, at its core, it's a technology demonstration and sort of a proof-of-concept mission. Um, And so what we're, what we're doing is, you know, we will launch this DART spacecraft and it's going to crash into an asteroid to alter the orbit. The asteroid we're crashing into is called the, uh, it's a binary asteroid or a double asteroid, meaning that it's actually got a moon. So there's the main body, which is called Didymos. And then it has the secondary component, this, this moon that orbits around it called Dimorphos. And we're going to impact Dimorphos, uh, which will alter its orbit around the main body, Didymos. Um, And then we'll measure that change from, uh, you know, observatories here on Earth. Uh, And by measuring that change, uh, we'll be able to back out um, how effectively we transfer momentum to the body. And it'll be sort of a useful data point uh, for in the future if we ever have to do any kind of an asteroid deflection mission uh, when it really counts, if it's if it's actually headed towards Earth.
2: So what is the device that's actually going to be hitting it? Uh, What does it look like? Is it uh, just a big satellite
1: or it's? It's basically a box uh, with a camera on the front, thrusters on the back. Uh, it, you can think of it as, you know, the size of like a golf cart or a vending machine. Um, and then it's going to have these massive solar arrays that stick out the side like big wings almost. So it weighs um, something like in the, a thousand pounds-ish. So it's not super big. It's it's, very, it's like very simple. We're using existing technology, putting this together. You know, it's almost like a simulation of a real planetary defense exercise. We're building this spacecraft on the time scale of only a few years. You know, other NASA missions might take much longer than that because they're using much more sophisticated instruments that take years to develop. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really a box with big solar panels.
2: And how fast is it going to be going when it makes impact?
1: Uh, it'll be going a little over six kilometers a second, which comes out to about 15,000 miles per hour.
2: And, and hopefully that's enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. It'll be going extremely fast. But then again, um, you know, the, the target we're hitting, uh, dimorphos is think of it about the size of a football stadium. So it's over, it's like a, you know, 160 meters in diameter. Um, so it's pretty big. So we're, you know, even though we're going so fast, we're, we're not going to change its, its speed by a huge amount. Um, and so in, in real planetary defense situations with a kinetic impactor like dart, um, You have to, you know, you need to deflect this thing years before it's going to hit Earth because it's a very calculated, just small maneuver, nudge this thing um, to make it, to make it, to alter its orbit, to make it miss Earth.
2: And how much, you know, you don't have to go into the actual math, Uh but how much does it have to alter it to make sure that it doesn't, or that to to change its course enough that it's not a danger?
1: Um, Well, I guess, so in a real... Planetary defense situation again. Yeah, you know, obviously. The, yeah. What we're hitting is, is not <laughs> a threat. Let's just say that out front. Way. We're okay. We are safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, this is a well studied asteroid. We know to high precision, you know, its orbit. We know it's not going to Earth. And we know we're not going to make it hit Earth. In um, a real planetary defense situation, that all depends on how massive it is and how much warning time we have. And that would affect, you know, what size spacecraft we'd send uh, to deflect it um, and what kind of sort of technique we'd end up using. Um, but yeah, generally, you know, you don't need to change its, its speed by very much because, you know, space is so huge. These objects are traveling millions of miles every year. And so if you change its speed by, you know, a fraction of a centimeter, you know, a second over a couple of years, that that's a, it's in a completely different location than it was going to be originally. Um, so you really don't have to deflect these things by very much as long as you have enough warning time.
2: Yeah, so it's almost like the butterfly effect <laughs> uh, yeah. for asteroids. And, and
1: it's you know, and the more warning time you have, uh, you know, the, the more calculated and uh, precise you can be. Because you know, let's say the first mission uh, doesn't work, or you know, you don't deflect it as strong as you needed. You have still plenty of time to launch a second mission. So it's really important. Uh, number one, that we that we you know spend our resources on finding these asteroids first and computing their orbits. Um, but then again, this extra component of planetary defense where we actually develop mitigation techniques is also just as important, because if we find something, we got to be able to do something about it.
2: So what you're saying basically is all those movies where they saw an asteroid and they had 10 days to figure out a way to stop it are completely unrealistic.
1: <laughs> yeah, though we may not be able to do something on that short of time scale, uh, you know, realistically, because um, that, at that point, yeah, you can't change the orbit by that much. They're just so they're so large compared to the spacecraft we can send into space.
2: And where does this factor in in NASA's planetary defense strategy? This is something that's gotten uh, talked about a lot more. And from a worrier's standpoint, someone who worries uh-huh. about everything, uh, I've, I've, I enjoy seeing the headlines and say, OK, good, someone's working on this.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so DART, um, the concept of you know doing this practice sort of test mission is, has been in the works for, you know, I think over 20 years. So long before I was ever involved. But you know when Dart became Dart and you know got the green light and funding, you know it's only been I don't know five or six years. Um, but you know before that, in the in the 90s and early 2000s, astronomers started uh, discovering a lot of near Earth objects. Um, and you know Congress tasked us, I think, in early the early 2000s, you know to de- detect you know 90 percent of near Earth objects above a certain size threshold. So those are all goals that we've been working on, but. You know, as we've discovered all these near-Earth objects, you know, luckily we know that we have, we know of no asteroids that will hit Earth in the next hundred years. Um, but, you know, as we've discovered all these near-Earth objects, we've realized, you know, eventually we, we could discover one that could be on a collision course with Earth. And so we should have this, some, you know, some have mature mitigation techniques that can do something about it if we ever do discover an asteroid headed towards Earth. Because an asteroid impact is the only natural disaster that we could actually prevent. Um, You know, for example, if an earthquake starts or a volcano starts erupting, there's nothing humans can do about it. We have no way to stop it. Um, But with an asteroid, it's the the only thing, the only natural disaster humans have the ability or capabilities to prevent.
2: And is this the only idea in the works or are you guys looking at other things?
1: It's the only... mission like mitigation type mission that i'm aware of uh that's in the works but i i I couldn't rule out there's not others because you know i don't know everybody Mm -hmm. that's working in the field but uh yeah to my knowledge it's the only mitigation um, actual mission concept that we're we've been working on
2: and in your research do you i'm not you know asking this is beyond speculation almost but do you see Mm -hmm. there might be other ways that you could alter the path and you know you talk about movies you know blowing it up or something like that yeah
1: so there, there are other techniques that have been, uh, you know, being developed theoretically, there's the gravity tractor idea, uh, which means you kind of park a spacecraft next to the asteroid for like several years, and that the mass of the spacecraft sitting there will help pull the asteroid uh, very slightly. Um, and so that's a great technique if you have a lot of warning time. And so you can, you know, go park the spacecraft. And It's a very calculated, precise uh, uh, mission design. So you You know, you have a high level of confidence of what's going on and how successful the mission is going, you know, well before it's really crunch time, uh, so to speak. Um, So that's uh, a very viable uh, option if we ever had to use it, provided we have enough warning time. Um, Yeah, there is another technology in the works uh, or, you know, that we've been theorizing, which is a a nuclear deflection where you use a nuclear device. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to get into the politics of using (laughs) a nuclear device in space. That's out of my expertise. Um, but it has been proven that it could be a, a viable way to deflect an asteroid. You know, if it was if you didn't have enough warning time or, you know, if it was, if it was really big, um, it, may, it may be more effective at transferring momentum than a kinetic impactor.
2: Also, in the in the grand scheme of things, you know, is it almost kind of strange that we haven't had more asteroid impacts or near Earth object scares? Because, you know, you hear about it and, you know, maybe that the moon might be the reason why we've been so lucky For so long um i'm just curious to what your research has found
1: yeah so i think you know the moon certainly helps um but we do get hit by asteroids uh quite a bit they're just much smaller Mm -hmm. um so you know the the smaller things are the more often they hit us there's more small things than big things in space and so for example on earth you know every day roughly 80 to 100 tons of material falls onto earth and it's mostly dust and small rocks and meteors right um, it's a huge amount of material, but it's also small. It just burns up in the atmosphere. Um, but then if you remember uh, in 2013, there was the Chelyabinsk impact um, where, uh, so that was in Chelyabinsk, Russia, and it was about a, I think roughly a 20 meters across uh, object uh, came down, uh, exploded in the air, it had an air burst and a small fragment hit the ground. Um, you know, it shattered windows in this city. I think there are a lot of injuries. Luckily, mm-hmm. nobody died. So those 20 meter class objects we think statistically should hit the earth roughly once a century. Um, and so, you know, that's not a major concern. You know, o- odds are it's, you know, hopefully something like that is going to hit the ocean or an unpopulated area. But it is, you know, if it does hit a very populated area, it could cause some serious damage. So it's not something to ignore, obviously. But those are once a century. Um, things on the scale of like hundred meters to 200 meters, those are the things we really care about because they're small enough that they're hard to detect with telescopes. So we haven't discovered all of them. Um, we've probably only discovered maybe 40% of them. Um, so we don't know all of them, uh, but they're also, so they're small enough to hard to detect, but they're big enough that they would cause, you know, serious, they could cause regional, uh, regional damage. Like they'd flatten a the city if they impacted right on a city. So, so that's the sort of class of object that object that we really care about for planetary defense um things that are much bigger than that like a, a dinosaur killer asteroid like something that would completely you know destroy life on earth for example mm-hmm. we've found all those because they're so large that they're bright they reflect a lot of sunlight so our telescopes are able to detect them so there's no dinosaur killers out there we're really concerned with this middle ground of they're small enough it's hard to detect but they're big enough that they still do enough damage that could cause serious uh, serious harm
2: so I got to ask, though, what happens if we find one of those big ones that, you know, could
1: end yeah, it all? <laughs> so, you know, as long as we have enough warning time, we still could deflect a dinosaur killer. Hmm, we just okay. we just know that, you know, we've we've surveyed the entire sky with amazing telescopes and have not found anything. So it's highly, highly likely that there, there's no longer any dinosaur killers left in the solar system that are on a collision course with Earth. Well, that is good to know.
2: Uh, (laughs) uh, Also, I got to scratch the programmatic itch here. Um, Other than the obvious one of NASA, what other agencies did you find were um, interested in, you know, learning more about uh, the DART program and, you know, asteroid deflection itself?
1: Um, Yeah, so so this is a very international mission. Obviously, it's a NASA mission, but I, I work heavily with a lot of European colleagues you know, we the European Space Agency is interested in planetary planetary defense. They're actually launching their own mission um, that will arrive at the same asteroid that we're impacting. So it's kind of a, a nice collaboration with the Europeans. Um, the DART spacecraft will be carrying alongside it. If you see in my virtual background, this little cubesat <laughs> over here. My vir- it's not working really well, but mm. you could, that cubesat is um, called lisha Cube. It's the light Italian cubesat. Or imaging asteroids, I think is the acronym. And it's it's built by the Italian Space Agency and it will deploy off of Dart 10 days before the impact and basically fly by the system as the impact is occurring and take images of the, of the crater and all and all the ejecta or, or shrapnel you could think of. Uh, although it's not an explosion, it's just an impact. But it'll, you know, it'll create a crater and an ejecta will fly off and it'll it'll capture images of all that. So it's a it's a very international uh effort, which is great because you know if an asteroid's going to head is going to be headed towards earth we don't get to choose what country it hits right mm-hmm. it's really important that uh, planetary defense is an international effort
2: yeah how has the growth in technology like cubesats or other you know maybe even microsatellites and things of that nature um how has that helped in our asteroid detection capabilities over the you know just recently um,
1: yeah it's been it's been amazing you know it's like for example you know ccd camera technology improves and our manufacturing process for mirrors improved. Like, you know, every decade we're sending up, setting up or sending into space even, you know, better and better telescopes. And it, with the CubeSats, like the uh, the Italian CubeSat, for example, you know, I don't think that was even, if I remember correctly, so you know, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think that was a, a, you know originally a part of the Dart concept. But as we were developing the spacecraft, we realized, oh, you know, we could throw this on, we can fit it on, it's you know, it's gonna be advantageous, um, but we can make it so small. Uh, That it doesn't, you know, we don't have to redesign the spacecraft or anything. So there's, yeah, technology plays a huge role. And this mission is fundamentally, a, a, you know, it's a proof of concept and a technology demonstration. So we're testing out new technology on the spacecraft, but we're also using existing technology, you know, almost to, you can think of it as like simulating a real planetary defense exercise. Like we're not going to have time to develop this new technology wouldn't we really need it like right? we've got to take what we got and punch it. so yeah it's it's amazing i don't know if we would have been able to do this you know 10 20 years ago
2: so we we owe a lot now to it seems to Demorphis for taking a taking a a punch to the gut right, here take to take one
1: for the team yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> you know if people are interested the impact won't occur until september of 2022 so if anybody wants to learn more they can go to nasa.gov dart and then we also, if you're on social media, you can use, look at the hashtag Dart Mission or hashtag Planetary Defense uh, if you're interested in learning more.
2: Will you be providing uh, updates on the uh, travel of the Dart and how in its path, maybe? Yeah, or? I imagine
1: there'll be press briefings and all sorts of stuff over the next year. And then I imagine there'll be a you know a huge amount of press coverage and and social media campaigns you know leading up to the actual impact because we'll presumably you know we'll be getting images back from the Dart spacecraft as it approaches up until the very last second. We'll yeah. get like one last close up picture of the asteroid and it'll be destroyed. Yeah, that's what I was going to um, so ask. The, yeah, it's going to be gonna really like? amazing.
2: Yeah, what's that going to look like? Is is there going to be anything um, able to see images of it actually hitting it and not just the dart itself? Or um, is it just going to be that last image like you said?
1: Yeah, so the, the spacecraft has a front facing camera mm-hmm. um, that uses, you know, it's used both just to take pictures and for its guidance system. And so it will be streaming back pictures almost in real time, like every couple seconds you know up until try to get one last picture right you know and stream it back right before it, that spacecraft that gets destroyed and then there's also a, uh, like i said the italian uh cubesat which will be flying by and, and imaging uh the whole event um as it happens and so we'll get you know a third person view from the italian uh spacecraft we'll get a first person view from the dart spacecraft up until the impact and then uh, i didn't mention I, I mentioned this briefly but the european space agency is also launching a mission called hera which will arrive at the system in 2026 and orbit around it and take pictures of the crater reformed and do all sorts of other exciting science. Um, so we're going to, you know, by 2026, after doing all these experiments and with Hera, we're going to have this asteroid, you know, very well characterized. We're going to learn a lot, do a lot of amazing science with it.
2: You sound pretty confident in your aim. Uh, any chance of uh, anything going wrong? And Blowing by it,
1: I think it's pretty yeah pretty low chance. It's all autonomous. The guidance system, um, it's all built by Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab. They have a lot of experience with you know uh, uh, autonomous guidance systems. Um, I, I think it's very low likelihood that we we end up missing. Um, but I think uh, the APL group has actually done some research where they you know they've calculated if we do miss, we w- we might still have an opportunity to you know a year later or something on you know when we orb back around. Hmm. Uh, have a second shot. Um, But I think it's very low odds. I think it'll be successful.
2: Harrison Agruza is a member of NASA's DART investigation team. We'll certainly keep an eye on that project as it develops and perhaps have him back on once contact is made. Up next, we'll speak with another NASA program manager concerning another project which looks to improve space communication. You're listening to The Space Hour on Federal News Network. I'm Eric White.